技Welcome to JudgeCast. My name is CJ Schrader, Level 2 Judge, Sparna, Georgia. With me, as always, is Dunks of the Hunks, Just Dunks. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that means. I don't just, know if it's a good just, thing or a bad thing. Just ignore it and hope he cuts it out of editing. Nope, I also got the Prilliman who will fill a man, Brian Prilliman. <laughs> That's... I hate you so much. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> how long have you been sitting on that one? No, I just came up with it right now while I was thinking about better ones for you. So, I, I, hate, you. I hate you. So, this show is going to be a little bit of a, a special one. We're going to try to keep it super fast, and uh, and we're going to go over a very specific topic this time. We want to talk about the new abilities that are coming out in Return to Ravnica, and also... Maybe a few cards that we might find interesting rules-wise from Return to Ravnica. The idea here being being able to push this out before the, the pre-release so that judges going to pre-release and players playing in the pre-release might have a little bit extra information. To tack on to this extra episode, we are also hoping to do a episode about a new IPG we have coming in very soon. Hopefully next week, but very so soon. What, what episode is this? This is episode this is number episode 48, so I guess we're going to have 48.5 next week. Nah, we'll just say it's 49. Who cares? Our short episodes are, are it'll, get us up to, it'll get us up to fifty faster. Yeah, well, we're coming. We're coming up on fifty, man. Are we going to do anything special? No. How about fifty-two? All right, fifty-two. We'll do something special. Something special at fifty-two. Since we're every other week, then that's kind of like our two-year anniversary, yep. despite not having done this <laughs> two years. Yeah, right. that works. But oh, we can be like we can be like uh uh, <laughs> say like. My mom, who's been like, you know, 30 for forever. We would just have a million episode 50s. 50, 50.1, 50.2, 50.3. Yeah. Every every episode is our 50th episode. Last well, week's... 50A, 50B. <laughs> be just like the layers. Be like 50, 50.1A. <laughs> 50.1A through F. <laughs> You know, last week's show was really fast, and I'm already seeing why. Yeah, yep. I know. A certain person was missing, so I have to I have to leave every now and then, so you appreciate. <laughs> I appreciated something. <laughs> I wasn't going to go over any news this this episode, but we actually had something come out just today, so I thought we talk about it real fast. Is uh, we got an update to the band list for EDH slash Commander. To summarize very quickly, Primeval Titan and Worldfire have been banned, and then Kokusho, the Evening Star, was unbanned, but it, he, she, it, is banned as a commander. It's a dragon, it's Sir. (laughs) (laughs) Good Sir Kokusho is banned. Is uh, unbanned. As a commander, commander. okay. That's, wee! Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I, I don't own a Primeval Titan, so doesn't really affect me, but a lot of judges love Commander, so thought we should mention it real quick. I own a playset of Primeval Titans, and it still doesn't affect me. <laughs> well, la-dee-da, Mr. Fancy Pants money bag. No, it's not that. It's just oh. that place standard. Those things are going to be so valueless in about three weeks. Well, surely they see modern play, don't they? It's really good. Uh, sure, but you, like, we're not Valakut's band, so... Oh. Or not Vamos' band. So, you know, all that band stuff in Commander. I'm sorry, in, in Modern, rather. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to let you. 
So, Kikuchu coming off the unban list. Boy, I sure am happy about this. Why is that? Because it's awesome. It's it's probably one of my favoriteest. Because my format is predominantly uh, uh, multiplayer casual, and nothing nothing I love more than some stupid kicked right of replication on a Kakushu. <laughs> That'll work. And you have a sixty card constructed deck, you get to do it with a little bit more uh, reliability. <laughs> well, wait. And if you don't, and if you don't draw the right of replication, you can you still got a five five flying beater. Does your casual group follow the band to list for the commander? No. Oh, then why do you care if it's unbanned in commander if you're using it in a 60-card casual deck? Because I love the card in general. Oh, okay. All right. As a general. Not as a general oh, because no. I, can't, I, oh. I can't love it as a general because... It's a love-band relationship here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I laughed harder at that than I should have. <laughs> well, you, you, would think, you would think that it wouldn't be all... I guess, I guess on the surface you would think it wouldn't be that bad because it's, uh, if it dies, it actually has to go to the graveyard from the battlefield in order to get its ability. You know, but most people, when their generals die, they want to stick them in the command zone. So you wouldn't get its ability, but just building decks around being able to like get it in the graveyard and reanimate it and all that craziness. And then if someone is able to exile it from your graveyard, the fact that they're able to put it back in the command zone just makes it brutal. Yeah. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Return of Ravnica. So let's let's jump over to that. You guys ready to delve in? What time is it? It's Return to Ravnica time. Hey, that was a funny joke. Delve in. Get it? Delve? Gobari? Delve? All right. The first ability is Detain <laughs> through the Azorius. You know, if we just if we just like pause after CJ's awkward jokes, for like <laughs> this episode will never end. <laughs> Uh, Detain, you might know it as the card arrest because it's basically the exact same thing. <laughs> it basically says it's, it, um... Uh, it's not quite the same. No. Detain doesn't tap them. Neither does arrest. Really? Yeah, arrest doesn't tap the creature. Oh. Arrest is pacifism plus can't, uh, can't use activate abilities. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, my bad. For some reason, I thought it tapped them. Weird. Okay. But anyway, I think the best start is just to read out an example of a, of a Detain card. So there's Liev Sky Knight uh, with flying. It's 3-1, blah, blah, blah. It says, whenever, when Liev Sky Knight enters the battlefield, Detain target non-land permanent and opponent controls. And so all that means is that the Detained permanent can't attack, block, or activate its activated abilities. And, and you'll notice that this does not say except mana abilities. Right. So I could detain your forest and keep you from tapping it. Well, it says target non-land permanent, but you're, uh... Oh, okay, so assuming assuming it... Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry. You, I could detain your Lord of War out, and you could still... Yeah. Uh, you couldn't tap it for mana. Perfect, yep. Uh, so, one of you guys tell me, how do you spot an activate ability? Because this only stops activated abilities. Uh, well. you know, activated abilities is... The best way to spot them is that there is a colon... So there will be a cost, like a mana cost, or another cost, like sacrifice a creature or something, uh, followed by a colon, and then after the colon is the effect. And those are activated abilities. Just about anything that doesn't have that is either a keyworded activated ability or not an activated ability. This is snickering. What? It's just, it's just everything that doesn't have that colon is either an yeah. activated ability or not an activated <laughs> ability. So when I say keyworded activated, ability, I know, I know, I know. I, I, well, yeah, but I, I, just, I just like, cut it in my brain. To... Um, a keyworded activated ability, something like equip. The equip ability is an activated ability, but on many equip cards, 
it's not written out as, you know, pay three and equip this to a creature. Yeah. Uh, it just says equip three. Yeah, and that's a good point because, uh, according, you know, depending on the card, you could detain an equipment. Like the one I just read says just target non-land permanent. So you could detain an equipment if you needed to or an artifact or anything like that. So or Planeswalker. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Actually, that'd work very well. <laughs> yeah, it, it does work. At first, I was like, oh, well, can't attack. Who cares? Then I was like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's not only is there Gideon, but there's all the other ones. Yeah. So yeah. if you... If you, if you play that, uh, uh, card that was it turns everything, turns everything into equipment, all non, non, uh, non-equipment artifacts into equipment. Yeah, Legend Ball. Yeah, and then you, and then you turn, you turn everything into artifacts and then you turn all artifacts into equipment and you do like the equipping, uh, Nickel Bolas onto Nickel Bolas silliness. (laughs) And then you, and then you detain it. Well, then it can neither equip or attack or planeswalker ability or any of that. That was elaborate, but I have a sweet, <laughs> I have a sweet combo you could do because as part of detain's ability, it says, uh, as part of detaining something, it, it, it lasts until your next turn. So if you set it up in some way that you never have another turn, that guy's detained forever. You're, you're kidding, right? No, that's a sweet move. That's, that's. So, so you're going Chronotog is your tech? Yeah. <laughs> Chronotog, get rid of all my turns. And, and then that one thing will never get to hurt you while everything else comes crashing down. Yeah. Well, okay. I think that's not necessarily good, but you do bring up a good point that it is um, until your next turn. Yes. So if you, you know, if I play two Sky Knights and both of them target the same right. uh, creature, Stop. then that creature can't attack until my next turn, but it doesn't stack. It doesn't make it, you know, last for two turn cycles. Right. Like Stonehorn Dignitary and his fun stuff. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly a good point. All right. Well, I think that's about it for detain. I don't think it's anything. Yeah, that's the that's the Azorius ability. I don't think we mentioned that yet. Azorius being the blue white guilds. If you're not familiar with uh, with the guilds in Return to Africa. So they they made a comment in one of the articles that they tried to create abilities that kind of harkened back a little bit to the original abilities or kind of interacted with them in some way. They were meant to be synergistic. Yeah, I don't really see how this is synergistic with uh, with forecast. Um, that, that was that what it was? It was forecast. Yeah, if you tell me it is, I didn't play then. Interesting. I'll, I'll give you an interesting tidbit about forecast. All right, please do. Uh, when you reveal, please, the card, we will hark it to your ancient. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> forecast. When you reveal the card during its uh, basically pay cost, uh, reveal the card, uh, and then you get a, an effect. The card stays revealed through all of your upkeeps, all of your sequential upkeeps until you until you begin a phase that is not your upkeep. I have no clue why. So, mm-hmm. but if you have, but if you get two upkeeps from like Paradox Haze, you don't get to, you don't get to use your fork your forecast twice. Oh, oh, that's yes. It's just too powerful. Giving that one creature life link is just too too powerful. That's a very specific situation you just talked about. No. All right, let's move on. Is it time to talk about the is it ability? Is it? Sure. Uh, I, Man, I, overloading me on all these puns. Uh, uh, sorry, I had to do it. All right. <laughs> let's start off the same way. We'll read a card with overload. I stole these all from the uh, rules article on the mothership, so they may sound familiar to people, but Mizium Mortars costs two mana. says Mizium Mortars deals four damage to target creature you don't control. That's kind of odd templating, isn't it? 
It has an overload cost of three red, red, red. And what overload means is it's an alternate cost that says that you can cast that spell for its overload cost. And then if you do, you change all the text on the card by replacing all the instances of target with each. So if you cast it for the overload cost, it would be effectively like the card said, Mizium Mortars deal four damage to each creature you don't control. Uh, before we start talking about this, there was one disclaimer I wanted to mention before we uh, get too deep into these, is that at the time of this recording, we don't have the official FAQ from Wizards of the Coast yet. So none of these abilities are so crazy that we've never seen anything like them, but it is entirely possible that we get something slightly off. We just wanted to... We don't need no stinking disclaimers. No, we're good. Cat- casting uh, casting overload uh, causes you to win the game. Oh, yep, sure see- enough, it's a new rule. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> So if we do get yeah, anything I, wrong, we'll we'll correct it when we do the IPG episode. But uh, I I'm fairly confident. Like I, I wouldn't we wouldn't be recording this if if we weren't fairly confident on how everything works. Yeah, most of these are, you know, we can figure them out. Yeah, I would say overload is the most complicated one rules wise. It is. Now what's what's cool about this is you can actually get around targeting restrictions. Like if you have a, a creature with uh, with shroud or hexproof or something like that. Whereas if you cast it by itself, you wouldn't be able to hit it with, like, Mizium Mortars. But for the Overload, it's taken four. Unless it's Progenitus or something similar. And then it'll just kind of yeah smirk. Roll the protection from red. So for how complicated Overload may be in the rules, actually there's not too much to say about it. Uh, one thing I want to bring up that it's Overload is a an alternative cost, and... If you were to use something like Snapcaster Mage on it and give it flashback, so Snapcaster Mage gives it flashback for its mana cost, you could not overload it using Snapcaster Mage. And the reason for that is that you cannot cast a spell for more than one of its alternate costs. You can only use one alternate cost that is available to you. So, and in case you, you missed the important point there, when Snapcaster Mage gives it flashback, it's as though it has an alternate cost that is flashback and also an alternate cost that is overload, and you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, which and only one of them lets you cast it from your graveyard. There, yep, yeah, and that's it. Right. So, so uh, the other the other thing about this is that if you do overload a spell, then it no longer has a target. Yes. So uh, there, there, you know, certain cards like uh, what is it, Outwit? I think that one of those that counters a spell that targets a permanent you control. Since it doesn't have a target anymore. It, it works differently than cards like Faith Shield for the last block. That, uh, that would still have to target, and that had an effect on everything. Right. Um, this one wouldn't have a target at all if you uploaded. Yeah. And none of that pesky, uh, hey, I'm doing your phantasmal image, and it's going to radiate out or whatever, and then it's like, oh, the phantasmal image gets sacked because you targeted it, now it's not there, and the spell fizzles. Yeah, exactly. None of that. It's none counter, of that. Counter due to having none of that. targets. So let's go on to the next guild ability. What guild are you, are you guys going to play in the pre-release? Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> are, you, are you working them? Uh, I have six pre-release events. Ooh. Wow. Well, I'm going to try to play in one of them, but do you guys, Brian, are you playing? Yeah. No, I think I'm, I'm definitely judging. We've got our uh, pre-release for the cure, magic for the cure thing. Uh-huh. And uh, I think there's going to be running four, four across the uh, four events across the day with uh, with some sort of raffle, silent auction stuff going on. Also, that we'll be managing. So wow. I don't quite know how all that's going to work. Well, I'm not judging any. That's that's L1 business. So what I think you, sir, are a snob. Pre-releases L1 business. Probably am a snob. What? I actually quite frequently have. 
have uh, L3 and L4 judges judging some of my pre-releases. Oh, they're like the most fun events to judge. Look at you, L3s and L4s. I, I don't have a, a bunch of L3s and L4s just roaming around that I can have on pre-releases. See, that's a, that's both a blessing and a curse, right? <laughs> because, you know, it's really cool to have them around for pre-releases and stuff. It's not so cool when you decide to run a team sealed event and Toby shows up and you're like, <laughs> oh God, am I doing this right? You know, because you don't know, you don't know if you're going to screw something up that, that he's going to write you a review for. Yeah. Or you don't want to see that like, uh, two months later. Well, we decided to change policy because. <laughs> because you because, because I lost. <laughs> I, I lost this game, so policies can change now. But on, on, on the positive side though, it's much better to find out that you're doing something wrong than maybe do it that way for six to eight months and yeah. then go to like, hey, I'm running, I'm running eight mans at a GP. What do you, then, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, that's true. Well, the whole reason I even brought all that aside up is that I think when I actually play at a pre-release, I'm going to pick Rakdos if I can, because I think Unleash, their, uh, their ability is, is a little undervalued by the wider community. I think it's a pretty sweet ability. Say wider or whiter? Why? I, I know he said wider, but I heard whiter. <laughs> wider. The wider community. The, you know, the Azorius, Orzov community. Tried to save, save myself out of that hole. Yeah, that didn't work. No, it didn't. It never does. <laughs> so let you, me... you have unleashed a monster. <laughs> <laughs> let me read another one of these bros. He's grim roused about. He... <laughs> He, uh, he has one of black regenerate Grim Rest about. He's a 1-1 creature. So Unleash is a creature ability. It's only going to be on creatures. And what it reads is, uh, you may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then it can't block as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it. So guys. Are you sure it's only going to be on creatures? Like, I could see a man land having this. Okay. I guess I'm not sure it's only. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. Okay. That's fair. So what, like, how does it just. Magically get a plus one plus one counter. What kind, what kind of effect is that? Someone help me. That would be a replacement effect. Comes into play with, yeah. Yeah. It works similarly to Bloodthirst, except that this is actually a choice. So please be careful when you're playing because you can forget to do this. Yeah, exactly. Because it is a May. You don't have to do it. If you did, I guess they'd all just and, be one bit. And it's not a it's not a trigger either. So it's I mean it seems it seems almost like it, but it's not. Yep. And so, and and one thing to note here is that, so these are actually two different abilities. There's the one that lets you have it come into play with a plus one, plus one counter. And there's the other that says, as long as this creature has a plus one, plus one counter, it can't block. What that means is that if it gets a plus one, plus one counter through some other means, it still can't block. And uh, specifically through maybe something like scavenge, which we'll be talking about very shortly. Uh, and also what it means is that if the creature loses unleash for some reason, say, uh sudden spoiling or whatever. Whatever's cool with the kids today that make creatures lose abilities. Do we still turn to frog? Uh, we won't at the time of the pre-release. Oh. Did that make creatures lose abilities? Yes. Yeah, it did. So anyway, it could block in that situation because it no longer has unleashed. Hmm. Hmm. That is an interesting point. Now yeah. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about like fun with counters. Like, yeah, like moving, I wish counter, this moving counters back. mid-combat. Yeah. I, I wish like, we had this ability back in Lorwyn block and Shadowmoor block. Yeah. I, I guess when we return to Lorwyn, maybe they can reuse it. I would be so excited to return to Lorwyn. <laughs> as long as they reprint Moldrifter, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Aww. It was, it was, you just have a bunch of, like, old Kithkin. And... <laughs> Sitting around. Yeah, just 
Except they have to do it backwards. We'd start at Shadowmoor, and there yeah. would be a reverse Aurora that would turn it back into Lorwyn. I was about to say, yeah, story-wise, they can't start at Lorwyn. They have to start at Shadowmoor. They'd have to, they'd have to go back. I wonder what the twist would be, like, it just stops in some sort of, you know, it goes from being the Dark World, you know, but it can't just go straight to the Sunshine Happy World, because that's... No, it's Eldrazi, uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have to, obviously, you'd have to stop over in Zendikar and get some Eldrazi action. Yeah, I was going to say, the Phyrexian... No, that's what's going to be in the third set. Like, for RTM, right? It's going to be Eldrazi. Man. You have all five guilds in one set and all five guilds in another set. It's going to be a Ghostfire set. And then Eldrazi. I think it's time. It's time. <laughs> With Lauren, it could be sweet. Like, Or or like, maybe you find out that uh, Ravnica is just like Mercadian masks in the past. Yeah, it really is. That and that would be a good spoiler or twist. And we find out it's it's Mercadian masks. That's an awful twist. No, that'd What's, be a great twist. That's that's like that's like equivalent to one of those one of those shows that you watch where the whole episode turns out to be a dream at the end. <laughs> it's like you mean I just dreamt Niv miss it up and Jace. <laughs> so the next ability is belongs to the Golgari Guild. Golgari. Golgari. It is called Scavenge. Uh, so I don't know if it's this ability or if it's just Golgari as a whole. But Golgari is an, an insanely popular choice for my pre-releases. Is it? Uh, yes. No, not is it. Golgari. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, all of my pre-regs have... Basically, Golgari has been, like, selling out like crazy. It's insane. Huh. Uh, What's the pre-release promo, do you know? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. There's five of them, isn't it? Like, you're... Oh, yes. You get a... What's the one? I was wondering what's the Golgari. Oh, oh, for Golgari. I will tell you very soon. I lied. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so the uh, the scavenge ability uh, is th- this one's actually an activated ability. I think this is the first one that's worded this way as an activated ability. You can pay a cost and then exile the card with scavenge from your graveyard and put uh, a number of plus one plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creatures. So uh, the example that we have is Sluiceway Scorpion, and it's a two two creature with Death Touch. And it has scavenge for one of black and green. So you pay one of any color, black and green, and you exile Sluiceway Scorpion from your graveyard, and you put two plus one plus one counters uh, on another target creature. Um, now, this is an interesting little uh, interaction in Limited, I think, with these Unleash cards. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's something some people might not think about. Is you could put those those plus one plus one counters on your opponent's Unleash cards, and then just attack and kill them because they can't block. Yep. Hmm. So so let's let's ask a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make up a a, a fictitious card. Okay. Well, okay. before you do that, there's one thing I didn't mention about this rule oh. yet, and okay. uh, and that is that you can only activate it as a sorcery. Yeah. So you can't do it during combat uh, or at the end of turn or something yeah. like that. Otherwise, combat would be a nightmare. Like you'd have to be constantly staring at your your opponent's entire graveyard, and they just have like twelve different pump spells in there. It'd be awful. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be really weird. All right, Brian, please make okay. up your card now. All right, here's 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 my here's my made up card. Um, this creature has uh characters defining abilities. Power and toughness is equal to the number of the creature cards creature cards in your graveyard. Yeah. And it has scavenge, and it's in your graveyard with four other dudes. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's going to put four plus one plus one counters on the target. So why is that? Uh, it's going to put four plus one plus one counters on it because when it is in the exile zone, it still has power and toughness equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard, and there are only four creature cards in your graveyard. Why doesn't it use last known information? Well, there's no reason for it to use last known information since 
I mean, this isn't like a zone change trigger. Yeah, because it, I mean, it's, it's basically not... it, and it's referring to the card. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So I just I would want to see the official rules before. I mean, I do agree right now, but that's one where I would like to see the. Well, no, you could you you have exactly. We've had the situation come up with corpse lunge and and uh, this came up in Innistrad all the time with corpse lunge and uh, the two cards, boneyard worm, and what's the other guy? That have power and toughness equal to the creatures in graveyard. Yeah, and but the thing is, corpse lunge says you know corpse lunge deals damage equal to the exiled card's power to target creature. So you kind of know, you know, look at what the exiled card is. And well, this also tells this you this also exiles card. it and then does an effect. Yeah, <laughs> I don't trust reminder text. So, but yeah, you're probably right. Put number equal to the. It's a disclaimer! disclaimer. Dude, you keep, the FAQ is not out yet. Disclaimer, yeah. disclaimer. Disclaimer. Like, CJ, you keep making it sound like we don't know what we're talking about. Like, we, this is not our <laughs> really? first rodeo with these rules. Really? I understand, I understand. Yeah, it is just me that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I want to add on a couple things about Scavenge real quick before we move on. <clears throat> first off, Scavenge is one of those abilities that can only be used while it's in the graveyard. We talk about them every once in a while. Like, it's, it's an ability that... It can only be used in the graveyard, and we know that because it only makes sense that it can only be used in the graveyard, because part of the cost is exiling the card from your graveyard. So you can't even try to activate this while it's in uh, on the battlefield. And then also, the creature doesn't gain any of the abilities that the scavenged creature, like the target doesn't gain any of the abilities that the scavenged creature had. I shouldn't really have to say that, but I think you might think it, you know? Like, you might think with this loose way scorpion, the guy might get death touch, but he doesn't. It's not a T-Rex head mimeoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> T-Rex head mimeoplasm. Necrotic ooze shenanigan. Yeah. Yeah, none of that. Nothing special like that. Well, so what's next? I was trying to come up with a pun with Selesnia, but it's not easy. Selesnia, move on to the next top. No, it didn't work. Selesnia. Well, I mean, I just really like to finish populating this list. All right, let's do that. Like, that's... Eh? Eh? I'm sure the population of listeners would like to hear the last mechanic. So, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> Populate! Put a token onto the battle. So the reminder text. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of a creature token you control. So this is basically a uh, 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 proliferate light for creature tokens. Pick one you got. Crunch all you want. We'll make more one at a time. Yep. So you gotta have a you gotta have a token on the battlefield uh, when this ability resolves for it to be useful. Didn't they? Wasn't there? There was a version of this card that was spoiled early, wasn't it? Yes. Didn't it say target on it somewhere? Mm, no. Am I misremembering that? No. The very first one that was spoiled was that Rootborn Defense. Right, but I, I thought I remembered seeing in its. Uh, maybe. I mean, I mean, granted, obviously, it doesn't it doesn't target, but. Yeah. It was just kind of it was just kind of weird because I I thought I remembered seeing that and but no you didn't this is, this is kind of cool because it um I, I like the fact how this mechanic harkens back to the to the old uh, Selesnia's guild that had the 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 convoke mechanic that liked dudes yeah you know, like having more dudes and you could use those dudes to pay for things and this gives you more dudes. Uh, I also liked how it just had uh, uh, Selesnya had just a heavy token-making theme in general. Mostly the Saprolings, but... There's plenty of tokens now, too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of token-making cards. Yeah, we're gonna... We're gonna Cackling Counterpart on <laughs> Snapcaster Mage to get something, and then we're gonna populate our Snapcaster Mage to get something. Like, this seems awesome. 
to get the counterpart. So the one thing I want to mention is that, and Brian kind of touched on this, but just to be clear. So if I had like, uh, what was that cone of animals? The one that gives, if I had a squirrel, a wolf and an elephant and I populate, I can just say cone of animals. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was actually <laughs> cone of dudes or cone of beasts. That was the design name. Oh, code of dudes. You know, it gives you a one one like a one one snake, a two two bear, and a three three elephant or something. Yeah. For five. Uh over yeah, I know, I know. stampede or Yeah, no, it wasn't. No. It was I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter what it is. The point is, you can only if you populate, you can only get one token. Like in the end, you're only gonna net one token. So you can't get another squirrel and another wolf and another elephant. You can only get one of those three. I would suggest not using it on your merit lage token. <laughs> I would say also your tuck tuck the return token. Tuck tuck the return token <laughs> would also be a bad idea. Yeah. For for those who no, might not know, those are playing, those are both legendary. Yeah. We're playing Eyes in the Skies, Tuck Tuck the Explorer, and Mirror Gallery all on the same deck. Oh, okay, well, then fine. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, let's just make up other things. Uh... <laughs> so that's it for the five abilities. And I thought from here we would just go into some of the cards that have been shown to be coming out and discuss maybe potential rules issues with each of them. Does that sound fun to you guys? Sounds so much fun. Right, the first one I threw up here is Jace, Architect of Thought. Because when I was reading him, I was like, mm, there could be some tricky stuff with him because he's Jace. Everyone loves Jace's. What is this, the fourth one, fifth one? I think it's fourth Jace. We had maybe Jace, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Jace Memory Adapt, and now we have Jace Architect Thought. He went to school and got his bachelor's in Ooh. Oh, Jace. He's so dreamy. Yeah. He's just sitting out there, you know, in the, in the, whatever, the Ravnica version of, uh, of, uh, Starbucks. <laughs> you know, reading his books, being all smart. I guess Ravnica Starbucks would be Simic, since they have merfolk in them. <laughs> Starbucks has merfolk. Wow. Mermaid logo. Hey. Wow. So Jace is it, plus it, And now we know they, it's cytoplasm that's in the, uh, all the, all the, the coffee. That's how they, that's how they get you. <laughs> Jace is plus one. It says until your next turn, whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, it gets minus zero, minus one until end of turn. I just want to mention that if a, something is put into play, tapped and attacking, say the angel token from Geist of St. Draft, it won't count in this situation because the creature, it has not been declared as an attacker, it just is attacking. And these triggers all look for when something has been declared as an attacker. So that's no good. And if the creature has to, for some reason, attack twice, it's going to get minus two, minus zero. Relentless Assault! Yeah, that's true. But if it has a double strike, it's not It's not going to get it twice. I've seen that question a few times. Yeah. I think people think attack means deal damage sometimes. Uh, his minus two ability is reveal the top three cards of your library. An opponent separates them into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library in any order. So I don't know why I wanted to mention this, but I guess because it is theoretically possible. Your opponent... Zero, a zero pile. Yeah, your opponent could make a zero pile if they wanted to. Or if you are the opponent, you could. I'm not sure why you <laughs> ever would want to. Mine's I have a... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I have a Dreamborn Muse and want you to mill. All right. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Let your opponent yeah, so agree. <laughs> those are both viable strategies. There are reasons to do this. Ha! Or <laughs> I want to keep you off Hellbent in your Jace deck. <laughs> and then. <laughs> 
And then um, we'll, we'll definitely have an episode at some point where we go. That's even less likely than mine, Clashon. None of you. We'll have an episode where we go over the Ravnica abilities that we've been referencing constantly throughout this episode, but not today. And then it's minus eight. Is, it's a lot simpler, actually. There's not much tricky to it, but it says for each player, search that player's library for an online card and exile it. Then that player shuffle his or library. You may cast those cards without paying their mana cost. So, what does this do with two-headed giant? No, oh, actually, I like that question. It looks like you're going to be searching your uh, your, your teammates. Your teammates. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> it is. You, oh, and in fact, it's not it's each opponent. Sort of... It's you. Right. Oh yeah, I, did, I totally missed that. All right, I'm glad we we brought that up. Oh, yeah, you hit your own deck, too. Yeah. This, this ability would suck if you couldn't hit your own deck with it. Oh, I'm sorry. You get to cast the spell for free. Their best spell. Yeah, but what, if you don't know what spell they have, it doesn't help you much. You, like, you're looking through their deck. You're just, you're just whiffing, and you're like, yay, strangle root, guys. <laughs> or you'd be, like, looking through, and you'd be like, hey, why is this primeval titan in here? Those are banned in EDH. Because <laughs> we're playing EDH. Because... Because we're playing modern, right? Because it's so good in that format, according to CJ. What? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the, pre-show, the pre-show banter. Was that pre-show or was that during the show? I don't know. Uh, that was already even... started the show. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go. You told me I was a high roller because I, I owned a playset of Primeval Titan. Oh, that's right. You, sir, are in the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they, next I'll show you my, like, you know, foil squadron hawks or something. Oh, man. Those are... So glad that went foil squadron hawks instead of something else. <laughs> what did you think I was gonna go with that? Not saying, man, we're keeping this PG. Um, psych- <laughs> how about the next card, PJ? Psychic Spiral. I was gonna, I was definitely gonna show you my Psychic Spiral. Now, Psychic Spiral was <laughs> was spoiled on Cranial Insertion, so it's kind of like they already did, you know, this what we're doing right now. But whatever, we're gonna do it anyway. So, Psychic Spiral reads. It's an instant. Shuffle all cards from your graveyard into your library. Target player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. The only tricky thing I want to mention with this card is that if you either have no cards in your graveyard or maybe all the cards are removed in your graveyard from in response to you casting this spell, you will still shuffle your library. There's a there's a rule. I don't have the exact rule looked up, but it basically says if you're going to shuffle an empty set of something into your library, you still shuffle your library. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's ever a situation in which you would want to target yourself with this ability. Uh, I mean, if you had a bunch of flashback cards, because you wouldn't have any left in your graveyard because you're casting them, right? Uh, so I, maybe yeah. maybe you just aren't really happy with the stuff in your graveyard. <laughs> want to you want to spin the wheel? <laughs> yeah, you got your sweet scavenge deck, and you're like, yeah, or your your dredge deck. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm just. At first, first time I read this, I read this at like 3 a.m. in the morning, and uh, in the in the cranial insertion article, it said um, I mis I misread the card as uh, instead of target player, I just read it as you. Yeah. So shuffle shuffle cards in your graveyard into your library, and then you put that many cards from the top of your library into the graveyard. So I really thought it was just a uh, like basically just a graveyard re making thing. It's like a wheel of fortune for graveyards. Yeah, and then the last and then the last question was in the cranial insertions, it it was basically, you know, if you have less card or the the player has less cards in his library than cards if he has less cards in his library that he's milling than you put back cards in your graveyard, he doesn't lose the game right away. Yeah. You know, because he's just milling. 
You know, so if he's got, if you put 20 cards back and you mill him for 10 and he's only got a 10 card library, well, he's still alive until he actually draws. But since I read that as it was me putting the graveyard back into my library and then me milling, I was sitting there trying to figure out how <laughs> I could end up with less cards in my library than, uh, than I, than I put from my graveyard into, into my library. I couldn't figure out how to do it. Like, okay, so I take 20 cards and I put it into my library and then I mill more than I've got. How does that work? Yeah, it's not happening. When in reality, if I just read the card. Hey, the next card is hey. Search the City, which I'm going to read and then you guys tell me what it does because I can't figure it out. This card is awesome. <laughs> when uh, Search the City enters the battlefield, exile the top five cards of your library. Whenever you play a card with the same name as one of the exiled cards... You may put one of those cards with that name into its owner's hand. Then if there are no cards exiled with Search the City, sacrifice it. If you do, take an extra turn after this one. So, the, so for example, I play Search the City. Okay. I exile five cards. Okay. Those five cards are, <laughs> excuse me, uh, are Three Islands, a Ponder, and Jace. Okay. Okay. And the next turn, I play an island. So I put one of the islands into my hand, and I play Jace. So I put the Jace into my hand. And then okay. the turn after that, I play an island, so I put one of the islands in my hand. And then I play Ponder, so I put the Ponder into my hand. So now I'm, like, refilling my hand as we go along. And then the next turn, I play the island again, or the next island, and pull the last island off of Search the City. And now I have no exiled cards with Search the City. And so I sacrifice it. And then I take an extra turn. Wow, that's a lot of work for an extra turn. Eh? How does Searching the City get you another turn? I mean, have you seen the size of Radpica? Yeah, you should lose a turn. Think. He he does have a point. He does have a point, but maybe it's because you successfully searched the city, so you know everything. So one thing I, I see here, so this card's no good in EDH, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Unless you manage to exile five basics with it, it's yeah. terrible. So one thing I see here, though, when I read the card, is uh, the, the trigger condition and the part that has you take another turn, it's all one really big trigger. Yeah. So, yeah. so what that means is when you take in that last card in hand, it's not going to have another trigger... Uh, which means you get, you're going to get that extra turn. Like someone can't then destroy uh, Search the City in response or something like that because you're still in the middle of resolving this trigger. So that's good, I guess. I mean, yeah. they could they could destroy destroy it in response to you playing the card that would have you put the other card back in hand. But I don't know. I'm trying to make it work. It's kind of it's kind of weird that they made it one ability instead of breaking it out and making it like a a, a state based trigger. You mm -hmm. know. Like, when there are no cards exiled with Search the City. Yeah, I guess there's just no reason. I don't know. All right, well, let's talk to... Um, well, I mean, it, I think the reason for that is so that uh, the, there are some tricks here. Like, if there's only one card left and you cast Pull from Eternity targeting that card, it doesn't give me an extra turn. Well, like, one card left in your... Oh, in the... Uh, that's in the exiled. exiled, yeah. Oh, okay. Really? And they're that concerned with that stuff? Pull from Eternity? Tech. Yeah, I would. I mean, the pull from Eternity tech is, is obviously huge, right? Actually, well, I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that saw play, you know, with all the flashback we have right now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was reprinted at some point in the near future. It just seems like a lot of war. I mean, it's four mana, it's a, it's a five mana enchantment. I don't know. I guess they could be worried that you'd have this deck built around solely exiling that guy that can be cast from exile, maybe? Mist Hollow Griffin. So, so I play a deck with Mist Hollow Griffins, Search the City, Snapcasters, and Pull from Eternities. Yeah. And I play Search the City, I play a Mist Hollow Griffin, and get the other Mist Hollow Griffin, and then I play Pull from Eternity and Snapcaster by Pull from Eternity. Yeah. And I take an extra turn. So that. Yeah. 
We just talked more about this card than it will ever get played. <laughs> Let's move on to something a little more common. Common Bond. Common Bond reads, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So this card's kind of, well, it's not entirely unique. I know there's been another card like this, but it's literally that sentence twice. And what does that mean for this card? Does anyone want to tell me? Why? Ooh, 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 I know. Tell me. It's also similar to, I think, the card Seeds of Strength. Is that uh, I think that was just plus, uh, plus one, plus one until end of turn, right? But since yeah. it has, it, it doesn't say put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature and put a plus one, plus one counter on another target creature or two target creatures or anything like that. Um, you can actually target the same creature with both of these. Yeah. Dawn. And that's basically the only trick to it beyond that. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty And that, that was kind of cool because that was a change. I think they did. No, no, no. That was in Kamigawa. So never mind. Yeah. This card is going to be a blowout against Unleashed Guys. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I guess I, I guess you could say that'd be pretty epic. An epic experiment, Jess? Yeah, that's... Uh... Jess, you seem like you seem like an is-it guy, so I'll let you talk about epic experiment. I'm actually... Uh, you know, I t- do, have you guys taken that quiz? Yeah, I took the stupid quiz. Uh, <laughs> did you take it, Brad? I have not. If you could shoot me the link to that, I will take it and... and post some in the show notes what I got if it's relevant <laughs> if it's relevant it's um yeah I mean actually you can just you know if you go to choose I'm sorry if you go to uh guilds of Ravnica.com, I think it is yeah you can put the link to take the quiz like 10 questions and it, it, it'll tell you what guild it thinks you are and I'm scared this that, I'm scared that I'll get a uh, Golgari or and I'll never hear the end of the mossy jokes <laughs> well you gotta take it now and you gotta take it before the end of the show so take it while Jess is talking about epic experiment. <laughs> so I actually came out with Azorius when I took the quiz, and I, I'm happy with that. I'm, you know, proud to be a bureaucrat, I guess. And uh, and so now my planeswalker points is is linked with Azorius, so I get points for beating everyone else. Yeah. Anyway, I had Orzhov or something stupid. I don't know. Ghost kill. I guess I don't have so, the love for Ravnica that others do. <laughs> so epic experiment. I mean, this thing has been described as Genesis Wave for spells. Yeah. And that's a very accurate description, except that it costs less to do. Yeah. Uh, so it costs blue, red, and X, and you exile the top X cards of your library, and for each instant of sorcery with converted mana cost X or less among them, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost, and then put all cards exiled this way that weren't cast into your graveyard. Now, this does have one interesting point, uh, as opposed to Genesis Wave. And that is that Genesis Wave, if you remember, it, because it, it did the same thing for permanents, but all of those permanents will enter the battlefield simultaneously. And all of these spells will go on the stack simultaneously, but you choose the order they go on the stack. That's a good point. I didn't think um, that one. So, so, you know, if you get something that makes a token and something else populates, well, there's an obvious order there uh, that, that would be good and an obvious order that would be bad. So this is something you really have to pay attention to when you're casting the spell. Yeah. And what would happen... Hypothetically, if you were to hit another epic experiment while you were epic experimenting, uh, you you may cast it. Uh, if you do, you will be casting it for zero. Oh. Um, this is totally irrelevant unless you're playing Storm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I but I don't think anybody's going to play this card in a Storm deck. Maybe. Uh, actually, that that may be a thing. I don't know. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Santa, <laughs> no, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Infinite mana. I'm going to epic experiment until I hit Grape Shot. Woohoo! 
So anyway, they, they, you can cast it. You don't have to, but you can. And if you do, it does not reveal any cards because the X will be zero. Yeah. You can't choose cost. Oh, Absorius. Oh, really? Guild? Yeah. Absorius two? Yeah. Right. I don't see, I don't see that at all. <laughs> I think it's just because it was just like, it was like, do you want to wear the, the armor of your fallen dead buddy? And I was like, no. No. That's kind of, <laughs> Yeah. There's like five options. I know, but it was just, it was like, uh, do you want to like murder the virgins? Uh, uh, wear your <laughs> dead buddy's armor, dissect a frog, or live in a nice clean house? And I'm pretty like, sure you're making these up. Clean, clean, the clean house sounds much. At least pretty close. Yeah, great. I got the boring guild. Yeah. It's not the boring guild. It's the boring. I mean, it's better than Gruel. Come on. Yeah, no, Gruel, no one likes Gruel. There's a reason why Gruel, Gruel, and Drool rhyme. <laughs> so, so anyway, we got a couple, uh, two cards left we wanted to talk about. It. I'm excited about the last one, so let's get this next, this first one out of the way. <laughs> well, it's not this specific card, but I wanted to talk about charms and specifically modal spells. So let me read one of these charms. I'll read Is It Charm, and then we'll talk about charms in general, because uh, there have been many charms throughout Magic, but uh, is it charm? Charms are, are spells that are almost always an instant, and they have some cost, and they have three abilities. So, is it charm says choose one. Counter target, non-creature spell unless its controller pays two. Or, is it charm deals two damage to target creature. Or, draw two cards, then discard two cards. So, is it, um, not is it cards, charm cards are what we call modal, meaning they have multiple modes, and you get to choose one that you're going to do. One thing I want to mention about modal spells is that you get you make the choice like that's one of your very very first steps as casting casting the spell you actually put it on the stack and the very next step is to choose your modes for it and relatedly you also choose if you're paying alternate costs like overload because that's relevant but that's the very next step the reason we do this of course is you know looking at is it charm here one of the modes doesn't even have a target while two of them do so you need to and but they don't even target the same thing so one's a spell and one's a creature so. yeah so in order to know what you need to target, you have to go ahead and, and choose your mode ahead of time. Oh, the other thing I want to go into about charms is what happens when you copy one. So say I say I'm going to deal two damage to Brian's creature, but Brian's like, wait, I got. I'm gonna copy your target non-creature spell by copying your is it charm. Yeah. Ha. Does that work? Crap. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, modes are locked in. Not just no, but crap no. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> crap. <laughs> yep, a mode is locked in. So when you copy a spell where you've chosen a mode, you're copying the mode as well. And all the all the choices, basically all the is it is it kick, uh what modes you choose for, values for X, all that stuff, you know, buyback costs, which I guess doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with your copy of the spell. But yeah. So all that stuff gets copied too. So number number of targets, you know, if you if you did your cone of the the damage version of your cone of creatures, I think it's called cone of flame. Yeah. So what about if I chose to pay an alternate cost for a spell? Is that copied? Uh, who are you directing that question to? Anyone? Uh, well, then we'll just go with yes. Do we know that? Yeah. So if you copy an overloaded spell, assume it would also be overloaded. Yes. Yes. Now I think I think that causes a bit of confusion. With there was some cards from I'm blanking here, uh, Lorwyn Block, where it was like you know 
you pay, you know, some amount of mana and then you gain X life if you paid, uh, it was like, it was like a green white hybrid and then X and you gained X life if you paid any green mana to cast a spell and you gained X mana if you paid any white mana to cast a spell. So if you played, if you, you know, if you paid, uh, green and white mana for the spell and say mm-hmm. X was five, you'd gain 10 life. But if you copied it, think you got any because you didn't pay any mana for the spell. You didn't pay any white or green mana. Well, for that's that's because that's something that checks on resolution, right? Yeah. So that's relevant. All right, Jess. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say you want to take this next one. I know. Yes, I am I excited about this card. So this yeah. card is is Niv Magus Elemental or Niv Magus Elemental. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but uh, I do love me some elementals. <laughs> uh, starting with you know Shriekvon Drifter from Morrowind, but. This guy in particular, he costs uh, one mana, and it's hybrid, either blue or red, and he has a one-two. He says, exile an instant or sorcery spell you control. Put two plus one plus one counters on Niv Matrix Elemental. Uh, that's just discarding, right? Yeah, that seems fine enough. Just <laughs> discard it. No, you actually have to cast the spell, and then you exile it uh, <laughs> while it's on the stack. What? Now something like this, I don't. This isn't. This has not been really done, right? There has been that. There have been a few cards that you know exile spells, but one as a, as part of an activated ability. I don't think that's ever been done. I mean, there has been there have been some that were the results of an activated ability. Uh huh. But you know, I don't was think there Vincer, have been any. Vincer Shaper uh, was it? Vincer uh, was. The not the planeswalker one, but the the Shaper, one from Future. Right, the Shaper, Shaper, Shaper. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was he's really one of the few that actually did something non countery to a spell on the stack. Well, yeah. There's also a uh, shell of the last kappa. <laughs> of course, you make me search that. <laughs> what a, that sounds that sounds like a Kamigawa black block card. It, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Exile target instant or sorcery spell that targets you. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, when this card was first spoiled, I thought I was reading it on a spoiler website, not the main website, and I thought someone had just mistyped. Like, I was like, Exile instant or sorcery spell you control. Okay. And then I was like, wait, from where? Where are you exiling them? Because it's a spell. And I realized, yeah, when when it says yes. it's a spell, that means it's something on a stack. Like a creature spell is always on the stack. There's never anywhere else a creature spell exists. Right. So, I so, so we cast it, and then we get it out of our, uh, out of our, uh, search the city that's the, the exiled, right? And then, and then we exile it with Invasion's Elemental, and we haven't lost any cards, and we've given this guy two plus one plus one counters, and we're that much closer to an extra turn, right? That's how this works? No. <laughs> I don't even understand what you're trying to do there. <laughs> I'm obviously playing an aggro deck that also wants to try and take an extra turn with a five mana enchantment. Yeah. No problem. So yeah, I think something maybe people don't understand is that when you um, are casting a spell, you actually, the spell is physically on the stack. Like, the stack is a place where it goes. It's a zone, just like your hand or library or anything like that. And what that means, and when I say the spell, I mean the card. You know, it is on the stack, and when you're exiling it, you're just going to remove it from the stack. And if you remove it from the stack, it means it doesn't resolve. So you're never going to get what the spell actually does, or anything like that. But you do get two counters on your Nibmagus Elemental, who hopefully doesn't get Unleash somehow. Yeah. So I guess the the other the other part of it is the the exiling is part of the cost. Right. So and that's, they, that's what's unique. Yeah. So it's not it's not part of the resolution. So it's like, hey, I cast my Ponder, and now I'm gonna exile it while it's on the stack, and then your your opponent's like, well, then I'm just gonna bolt your dude in response 
and you're like, Oh. Well, I think you're probably going to see people bringing this in, in in situations where they expect people to counter their spells because you can respond to a counter spell by exiling it and giving yes. people both the counters. To your yeah, opponent. value. What's that? Value. <laughs> I get right. something out of a counter spell. So, well, and not just that, but also, let's say it's uh, you know, uh, for God forbid they they reprint cryptic command, right? He goes, oh, I'll counter your spell and draw a card. You go, oh, I'll exile my spell. You don't have a target. You don't get to draw a card. No, that's very uh, good. Uh, or someone casts commandeer and they're like, hey, I'm going to take, I'm going to gain control of your spell. And you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to exile it. So you heard about this. You commandeer their spell and then you exile it. Ooh, how about using return to Ravnica cards? Is that return to Ravnica card coming out that is, it's uncounterable and it counters target spell. If they're countering a spell that you have on the stack, you can remove it from the stack, and then their spell, even though it's uncounterable, uh, it's actually, we'll say, it can't be countered by spells or abilities, it will still get countered because its target is illegal because you removed it from the stack. And when you do that, you get counters. So if you counter <laughs> their counter by exiling to get counters, you say so the we, word we, counter so we, way we too many counters. times. We get counters by countering the counter spell when we... That can't be countered. The can, it can't yeah. be countered yeah. by exiling it, put counters on the guy. Yeah. This reminds me of, uh, what is it, ambiguity? Ambiguity, that is exactly it. But the other thing, what I really like about this card is not only is it design space that's at least somewhat new, uh-huh. it's uh, also, it just the art just kind of looks badass on this guy. <laughs> it looks like a combination between, you know, Transformers and Tron and, like, Osmosis Jones. Like, <laughs> His fingers look like uh, uh, Omega Supreme's like claw, like rocket claw hand. That's he, what his hands look like. He looks like those things from World of Warcraft, <laughs> the ones that are on um, Outworld, Draenor. You guys play World of Warcraft? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, I just started playing World of oh, Warcraft. I feel like it's going to be sucked in. And, uh, oh, really? What server do you play on? Huh? <laughs> Is your username Nibmegus Elemental? Okay. Uh, no, but it should be. <laughs> Are you Alliance or Horde? Huh? Uh, Horde. Yay. You're dead to me. <laughs> All right, real quick. They're reprinting Pithing Needle in this set, and I wanted to go ahead and answer the question I always see, which is, can you name blank with Pithing Needle? The answer is yes. If it's I, in the uh, format. Uh-oh. Yeah, if it's in the format. Uh, basically, Pithing Needle, by the way, reads, as Pithing Needle enters the battlefield, name a card. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're man abilities. Judge... So the answer is yes. You can name any card. Can I name Mountain? You can hissing needle. You can name Mountain. Yay! The downside is if you name something like Mountain. Mountain. Well, Mountain wasn't the example I wanted to use because Mountain can still be used because Pithing Needle reads, you know, activate abilities sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. And Mountain obviously is a mana ability. Right. Well, sure. But what if you've got a Koth emblem? You can't name Koth emblem. Oh, but you can name Mountain. Okay. I see what you mean. I thought you were saying, okay. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't be able to use the- You wouldn't be able to tap them for damage, even though you could still tap them for red mana. That's true. The point I wanted to get at is just to know what an activate ability is, which we already talked about at the start of this podcast, but you know, just make sure it doesn't stop trigger abilities. Like it won't stop Snapcaster Mage. It won't stop anything like that, but beyond that, Pitting Needle. It's pretty standard. It'll, uh, your fetch lands that aren't there anymore, but, you know, haven't been for a while, but, yeah. Well, I'll give it two years when we go back to Zendikar. It'll oh, the, the return to, it's just going to be this big pile of annihilated, you know, 
It'll be it'll be just like three Eldrazi just sitting on like a, a mountain, like a hollowed out mountain, just with their their hands, their head in their hands. We destroyed everything. Nothing left. You know. Yeah. Well, so we'll know. We'll have like we'll have a six color, but it won't really be a six color. We'll just have guys that like part of their mana cost must be paid with colorless mana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Weird. The, the new fall sets only three cards. Long. <laughs> Alright, I want to say one last thing about Pithic Needle, and then we're going to sign off. $3 each. Instead of going down this road, because we're already longer. This is supposed to be a short show, and we're already longer than the previous show, so. Just edit out all the crap, and then it'll be down to an hour. That's a lot of work. Pithic Needle would stop Arborel. Our fans are worth it. Yeah. Yes, Pithic Needle does, in fact, stop, stop Arborel. Yeah, which has tap on tap target force. I mean, that could be relevant, because we don't have Land of War Elves right now, right? It's rotating out. But we do have Arborel. Could be relevant at some point. Alright. Yeah, never Never mind. We're gonna we're gonna skip the mail this time, uh, partially because we're recording so close to the previous show that we don't have any mail, but also because this is supposed to be a fast show. I guess I shouldn't have said that first part, but hey, send us. But if you wanted to send us an email, you could at judgecast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at twittercom judgecast. You can also like us on Facebook at facebookcom judgecast. You guys have anything else you want to add? Any other cards you want to talk about? Are you excited for Return to Ravnica? I want this to be a short podcast, so no. I'm excited about this Return to Lorwyn. We talked about, hey, it's too late for you to make it a short podcast. Like, <laughs> you already ruined that. I, I, there is nothing I would like to add at this point, other than I hope everyone has fun at their pre-releases, and they're able to, to, to answer all of the questions that they have, because our podcast was so helpful. Yeah, hope so. For everyone out there, thank you for listening. My name is CJ Schrader. I keep it fun. I'm Just Ox, and I keep it fair. I'm Brian Fulman, and I keep it... I keep it short. <laughs> uh. <laughs>